Griffin, and he'll be joined by my next guest, Jim Ralph. And Jim, I wanted to start here with you with Bo with Bonesy away. Does this feel like? Uh, is it a substitute teacher? Is it uh, you get to goof off a little bit? How does it? How, how does a broadcast feel without without Bo in there with you? Oh, it's different, but uh, I, don't, I don't think his flight lands from the Bahamas until about 10 tonight, so he's not going to be able to make it. So other than that, uh, you know, I'm trying to get through. You're going you're gonna to be able to manage? You're going to be able to, to overcome? <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's actually when um, a few years ago, um, Joe had the same thing. It was uh, lost his voice. And uh, remember Todd Crocker flew yes. out to Den- Denver to do his, his first game. So I've, I've been talking to Todd today, and... Um, I think we'll get through it just fine. Oh, I think you'll get through it great. Just sometimes I wonder when it's a different partner, you know, there's things. Of course, it's Bonesy we're talking about. I mean, it's a pretty, you know, it's not exactly like you're dealing with like a 1950s principal or something like that when, you, when you're working with Joe. Um, <laughs> there, there's so much to get to. I mean, we could start with all the serious stuff and we'll get to all of it. But as a former goalie, how do you rank on a scale of one to ten Matt Murray's ability to knock over a, a, a net without any and trying to go? What it wasn't me? I didn't do it. Yeah, well, it's uh, yeah, and especially in back-to-back games against against Jersey and Minnesota. So uh, you know his his comment was that he's he's always used the post to push off on or push off on, and um, whether he had uh, you played the faulty posts or just the way he does it, but. Uh, I mean, we've noticed it obviously more in the last two or three games than, than we have before then. So uh, we'll see if that settles down a little bit because, you know, you do wonder if, um, you know, we've been, Joe and I even talked about this on the air where, uh, you know, that delay of game penalty, throwing it over the glass. Uh, it never used to be automatic until, yeah. you know, the last few years. Then, then at first it was just the goalies were penalized for throwing it over the glass and now it's everybody. So now you wonder if, if that's going to be something because, you know, let's face it, it, it does delay the game. But um, that that would still be a pretty hard judgment call, I think, for the officials to make. Jim, the number one takeaway I had on the game against the Penguins, who came in seventh in goals and scored just once, is Toronto's defense. And, you know, they're 9-1-3 and in the month of November, and that's with no Muzzin, and T.J. Brody's missed a bunch of games, and now Morgan Riley's out. But you get the young guys setting career highs. You get the old guys still playing 20-plus minutes a night. Uh, just your thoughts about this defensive unit as a whole. Well, but I think, Matty, you still have to say it's a, it's a five-man defensive unit, you know, it, um, which is, you know, I, I think at times what what is lacked, you know, when they've struggled defensively. So, um, you know, as great as the guys have been and, and have been able to seize the opportunity, um, I think the forwards have been much more conscientious of coming back and getting in lanes and blocking shots. And um, I think because of that, the offense has been better too. So it's uh, it's one of those things when, you know, I think if you would have said to somebody at the, the start of the year, say, you know what, you're going to lose your, your top two goaltenders, you're going to lose uh, three top four defensemen, and then uh, Jordy Ben will be gone as well, and they're not going to score at the pace they did last year, and the power play is not going to be quite as good. Um, how do you think they'll do? Yeah. You know, yeah. And uh, I think that's where you've got to give them a lot of credit. And, you know, even you know when you look at it, I mean, maybe you could do this with a lot of stats, um, in professional sports, but if if you flip their overtime record where they're one and five, if you flip that, they're what eighteen five and one, you know, and uh, then they're in Boston time, Bruins territory. If if yeah. overtime is different, suddenly they're in Boston Bruins territory. Yeah, and and you're still looking at it saying, boy, you know, I I think they can be better, <laughs> you know. So 
So it's a good thing. But, it, but I think the the great thing is, is you've got this adversity that you've had to, to handle, especially when you got off to a very subpar start whenever, you know, for the most part, everybody was healthy. And this would have been the time where you could have said, okay, well, at least now we've got an excuse. You know, and if that plays on you and, and you can, you know, muddle along playing 500 and people will think, well, they're working hard. But you know what? They've, they've been able to, you know, draw from, uh, you know, some past experiences and, and turn it into a positive. And, and at the same time, you're getting, even though it might be, uh, you know, a little sooner there than expected, say, for Matt Hollowell and some other players to, to get, you know, NHL time and or increased minutes, um, there is a positive that now with this depth, they're getting more NHL experience. So should you need it, um, come playoff time, you know, maybe in the second round, all of a sudden you find you're in a similar spot um, and, and have to, to draw back on that experience. So there's a lot of positives with this. Oh, absolutely. And I think the big one, and it doesn't get talked as much because it's not as sexy. When we talk about Austin Matthews, it's what's going on with him scoring goals at even strength. But he has been great defensively. And, you know, if you just look at the goalie numbers, and again, everything is based partially on their play, partially on the system and the play of the forwards. But Samsonoff is fourth in goals against. Shalgren, his numbers for the third string goalie and the amount of attention, you know, he's got a better goals against than Freddie Anderson. And Matt Murray has been great since he came back from injury um you look at this team and the one weakness we we were circling was the goalies well their individual numbers to your point jim it reflects on them doing well but it also reflects on everyone in front of the goalie yeah and it's um i mean i think once you got down to shelgren again and again you're you're fortunate that he had the nhl experience he did last year you know through uh through the injuries when he was able to come in and play but they've um They've been impressive, and you know it's uh, the, obviously you know Matt Murray's history, winning cups with Pittsburgh, and then having a tough time in Ottawa and spending time in the minors. Um, you know because we're not privy to watching him in every game. Um, you didn't really have a preconceived notion of what he was going to be able to do when he came here. But what I've loved about Matt Murray, especially uh, Matty, is the fact that uh, he really battles. It's not just a matter of being on the goal line and trying to get big. You see, you know, the shoulders are forward, and and he's got his nose, you know, a foot from the ice uh, when there are scrambles in front. And um, he's he's really, to me, uh, been impressive the most is how he's battled in the net. Um, he does a lot of other things. He's a big body, but he stays square, and the rebound control has been great. But uh, I've really been impressed with with how he's been able to battle through. Um, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of traffic and, and loose bucks in the creek. Yeah, it's been great. I was I was about to be a jackass and make a joke whether he's battling the opponents or battling the net to dislodge it. But I'm not <laughs> going to do that. I'm a professional. Uh, joined by Jim Ralph here on Toronto Today on TSN 1050. All right, Jim, let's uh, let's do one of the oldest tropes in sports media. I'm going to give you two options. You may only select one. Are you ready, sir? Uh, pass. Okay, that is not how you play this game. You cannot say pass. Okay, okay. so then, okay, pass. Then I'm going to ask you deeply religious questions, including ranking the top five religions. You may pick that or the Toronto Maple Leafs. Which one of these two would you like? Okay, Greek mythology for 400. Okay, Greek mythology for 400. <laughs> Zeus, no, all right. Yeah. 
<laughs> By the way, be careful. I have an arts degree. Don't you think? Don't don't think I can't do you know little Oedipus Rex with you. We'll get a little Greek mythology. We'll go into Roman stuff. You know, maybe we'll do a little Odysseus. <laughs> but instead, um, more impressive, Mitch Marner's uh, gorgeous goal he scored, or the work and the forecheck he did beating Chris Letang, setting up Holmberg for the two nothing goal in the second period. More impressive, the Marner goal or the Marner assist. Uh, I'm going to go with the assist simply because the um, the timing of it. I mean, it was great to get on the board in the first minute in Pittsburgh, but um, basically he beats two guys. That uh, beats one guy one on one in the battle, and then he's got two uh, New Jersey players around him when he's able, while he's falling, to throw it out to. Um, well, I guess it was Tavares's goal, wasn't it? Uh, and uh, I'm, I'm I've got the wrong game. I'm going back to the New Jersey one. Yeah, but yeah, the, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I I just think so much of his game has been impressive. You know, from the penalty kill to, and, and even the point streak, Matt, he started kind of quiet because there were a lot of games where he picked up one assist and it was a secondary assist, uh, which wasn't really the, the Marner slash Gretzky way of, of setting up goals. But um, it, it, it is difficult to pick one. But um, all right, I'll, I'll slide back to the goal, open the scoring. Oh, uh, bad, bad, change by the, bad change by the Penguins and... Um, he got the leaf and off in the right foot. Jim, I hate to tell you this, but you picked the wrong answer. You, you had it right the first time. It was the excellent work, four-check, beating Latang, feeding it to a wide-open Holmberg. Um, but, okay, you got that one wrong, but you got one more chance. Uh, you got one more chance here. What was the better moment from Saturday's 4-1 win over the Penguins? Was it Matthews winning the four-check battle to set up Nylander for the goal that made it 3-1, or was it him ripping the 4-1 goal, beating, uh, or with the assist from Michael Bunting? Uh, I'm going to take the assist. And and I'll and I'll tell you why. And I think, you know, as much as we look at uh, Austin Matthews' goal totals, uh, even the setup on the Nylander goal, uh, Matthews could have tried the wraparound. I mean, he had some space at the side of the net and saw the better option, which was Nylander in front. So through this, you know, Matthews not being on a 60-goal pace like he was last year, uh, there have been a lot of instances where he's passed off when he could have could have tried to score, and I think guys that are concerned about their own numbers and can get a little bit selfish, uh, it's going to be shot first. But but so many times, even going back to Nick Robertson's overtime goal against Dallas earlier, mm-hmm. which was on an odd band rush in yeah. overtime, Matthews passed off. So, is uh, I'm, I'm going to take the pass because I think that that has played into it to a certain extent. Why the goals haven't been there? Because a lot of times Matthews has simply been looking for, you know, a better opportunity to score, even if it's not on his pick. You know what? It's a great point by you is that, you know, we do focus on the scoring, but he is doing everything else at such a high level. And clearly he's not worried about his individual numbers, as as you point out there. Jim, that answer was so good, I'm not going to ask you the, the tough question of, if God is good, how come bad things happen to good people? Moving on, tonight the Toronto Maple Leafs are taking on the Detroit Red Wings, a game you can listen to right here on TSN 1050. I'm just wondering, as a guy who played hockey at the highest level, how tough is this game going to be for Toronto? Not just because the Red Wings, you know, are coming in, and, you know, they're doing, you know, an excellent record, but this is the third game in four nights for the Maple Leafs. Yeah, and, and again, uh, you know, it's a three and four, but at least they had um, yesterday off, obviously. But the game in Pittsburgh, that was three and four as well, uh, and a little tougher, although they 
I guess maybe got a bit of a break that uh, Minnesota was an afternoon game and, and they got into Pittsburgh at a decent hour. But uh, you know, I, I think it's you know, it's, I think it all evens out by the end of the year where you know you get teams coming in on back to backs or three games and four nights and you try to take advantage. But um, you know, it's you know Detroit's on a five game winning streak. Um, they're on a, a little bit of a roll as well, but. Um, you know, I don't. I don't know if it's any tougher than um, any other games. I think mean, you know San Jose. If you want to look ahead, San Jose on Wednesday will be a tough one because you're coming back off the road and you've had some success and, and have to try to gear up again. Jim, always appreciate. We'll be listening to the game tonight. All the best, my friend, and thanks for playing along. All right, thanks, Matty boy. Take care. That is Jim Ralph again. The coverage of.